Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast, the podcast dedicated to simplifying the commercial real estate industry for the masses. Each week, we sit down with industry experts to dissect the many facets of commercial real estate and extract valuable lessons you can apply to your business. Whether you're a new or seasoned business owner or investor, the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast will be your go-to resource for all your commercial real estate needs. Now, here are your hosts, Rafael Collazo and Jeff Walston. Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast. I'm your host, Rafael Collazo, here with my co-host, Jeff Walston. How's it going, my friend? It's going great. Uh, work's extremely busy, so... 2022 is definitely uh picking up um, and everything's going well what about you Raphael? how's it going over there it's going great man it's it's as always similar to what you're saying I, interest rates have been ticking up a bit so there's investors out there that are concerned about what that looks like going forward but in the meantime it's been it's been great uh listed a few properties getting got them under contract and getting them closed here soon so you know, just try to keep active in this very crazy market that we find ourselves in. And, you know, luckily, uh, we had a little pause uh, the other day uh, because we had an opportunity to speak with, you know, a legend in the industry. Uh, and I don't use that term lightly. His name's Michael Bull. Uh, I'm sure you guys are familiar with his podcast, America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Uh, I, I believe it's the longest running uh, commercial real estate uh, podcast that, that, that I've come across. Uh, and it's definitely one of the inspirations for this particular podcast. And it's one that I listened to a lot uh, when I first got started the business a few years ago. And so, uh, you know, luckily we had the honor to be able to interview him. Uh, he talked a little bit about his background. Uh, he started off in the property management side and ultimately worked his way uh, into the commercial brokerage space, built up a massive team. He's done about $6 billion in real estate over the course of his career. So uh, just a high performer all around and now runs a, ma- a big team in Atlanta that, that covers nine different states. And, you know, they operate in uh, all property types, including office and retail and et cetera. So he talked a little bit about his experience there. He talked a little bit about as well about scaling his operation. Uh, you know, he started out at a, at a brokerage and then decided to go off on his own and start something uh, his way uh, and kind of talked a little bit about that experience and how he's able to scale to where he is today. Uh, we also touched on things related to COVID and, and how he sees that evolving over the next uh, six to 12 months, you know, the interest rates have been starting to tick, tick up because the Fed's trying to control inflation. And he described a little bit about how that's going to change uh, the commercial real estate land, landscape going forward. And then finally, we touched on, you know, the commercial real estate show that he he runs. Uh, he started it back in 2000, I believe, 10 uh, as a radio show, uh, believe it or not, and, and syndicated that uh, over the over many, many different states. And then ultimately converted strictly to the podcast format back in 2015. And he's been operating ever since. And like I said before, it's, it's the number one commercial real estate show out there. And it's been an inspiration for a lot of people out there uh, to encourage them to get into the commercial real estate business. And I happen to be one of those listeners that really gained a lot of value from it. So if you guys haven't had an ch- opportunity to check it out, definitely do so. Uh, I found a lot, I found a lot of insights from the conversation. Jeff, do you have anything you like that? No, I just can't wait for everyone to listen to the episode. And I, uh... For all the listeners out there, I just want to say we definitely appreciate uh, all the five stars reviews that you've been giving, uh, listening, all the downloads, uh, everything. So uh, if you're listening to this, if you could just give us a five star review, whether it be on podcast or thumbs up on YouTube or any of that, uh, we highly, highly appreciate it uh, for all your help because it's definitely helping out our podcast and show. So. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And then I would just reiterate what Jeff says. Obviously, we both are very appreciative of you guys' support. So again, if you guys could take a moment right now, 
to go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a five-star review. And if you guys are watching this on YouTube, like and subscribe. It really helps with the algorithm and make sure that more and more people can hear this message. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this podcast. Well, hey, Michael. Great to see you this fine afternoon. Hi, Raphael. Good to be with you. Awesome. No, So you're tuning in in Atlanta, is that correct? That's right. Awesome. I, I've, I've been to the airport several times, but I've never actually gotten a chance to t- take a look at it um, myself. Uh, you know, we live about seven hours away and then my girlfriend or my fiance now has, has gone down several times, but I'd love to be able to check out Atlanta one day. Seems yeah, like a great come, city. Come, come by. We'll show you Studio One and uh, take you to a cool restaurant or something. <laughs> Studio One. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> again, you know, Michael, this is really an honor. You know, I, I started wa- listening to your uh, podcast uh right when I first started in the commercial business and I've been an avid follower ever since. So it's really an honor for me to be able to interview today and learn a little bit more about your background. And then obviously you have so many insights to share with, with our audience. And just to give you some context in our audience, we have people who tune in that are commercial agents, broker, uh, brokers, uh, bankers, investors. So just a variety of different individuals. So I think you're going to add a lot of value to those, those people. And uh, again, we're just honored to have you. Awesome. Thank you. No, of course. So what we typically do when we first, uh, you know, meet with with new new guests is we like to learn a little bit more about their backstory. So if you don't mind sharing a little bit of insight on on your background, I think that'd be great. Okay. well, um, I started uh, managing apartments uh, right out of high school when I was 18. I was going to school at night at Georgia State and they needed a job. Uh, So I started managing apartments and that company taught me how to manage and lease and, and renovate. A uh, year and a half later, I was hired by a larger company. And uh, so at 19 and a half, I was running a property management company. All my employees uh, were all older, <laughs> but I was managing apartments and I got my real estate license at 19. My first sale was a 20 unit apartment deal uh, in Midtown Atlanta. And then um, I tripled the size of that company uh, at 22. I retired of property management and was went, went into full-time commission on sales. And I focused mainly on multifamily and I had a huge market share in Atlanta I built of uh, selling apartments in the in-town Atlanta market. So I did that for a long time. And then about 24 years ago, I started uh, Bull Realty and then uh, started getting licenses in other states. Uh, so now we have about uh, 50 people I'm licensed in nine Southeast states uh, with broker affiliates. We do some deal, deals all over the country. I personally lead a team that sells office buildings. And, um, and then I started the show, uh, America's Commercial Real Estate Show, 11 years, no, 12 years ago. I've done a show every week uh, for 12 years. You know how much work that is. <laughs> uh, and then I started, a, uh, I, I planned to one day when I, basically retired. I thought someone might come in and, and, and buy Bull Realty and just to get rid of us or to, to expand uh, nationally with the brand. And I thought I'd be sold out by now. And then when I did, I'd start uh, speaking and, and doing uh, agent training uh, and, and coaching and things. Then I realized that, you know what, I was getting kind of old and I better go ahead and do that because I don't want to be on stage training with a cane and a walker. This is how you do it. Uh, so. I went ahead and did some training. So we produced 21 one-hour training videos and, and got them out there and the people uh, love them uh, that see them. So that's kind of, I guess, the, the three things I do uh, mainly is the uh, brokerage, uh, the training and speaking uh, and, and the show. 
Absolutely. That's, that's amazing really. And, and, and they all require a variety of different skills. And I remember listening to one of your, your radio episodes where you talked about, you know, you going on stage as well. Uh, I think you did some stand up comedy as well, which yeah. is, is petrifying to me. I don't know how you were, were, were able to do it, but, but again, it just exercises a different muscle. Uh, and, and obviously with your vast experience, you know, your ability to give back in that way is very valuable. And I know a lot of people have probably taken advantage of the, the coursework that you've created. So, um, you know, one thing that I wanted to dive into, and, and, and this is something we usually ask a lot of our guests is why commercial real estate? And you kind of alluded to it a little bit in the beginning of, of your, you know, your answer to, to start off with, but we always like to ask to kind of get an insight on that front. Yeah. Well, I, I realized I like dealing with people and I liked adding value. Um, I also like the uh, variety of people and companies and transactions and properties. Also like being very mobile and not being, I remember one time uh, for a few times I attended bar in a little bitty area for six hours, like, this is like being in jail. I'm used to running around, right? And then the, the only a few times I've sold a home uh, for a client or a friend, it was always terrible. I don't know. <laughs> so I never liked that, 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 that business. It's a great business. I know a lot of people make a lot of money doing it, but I really always prefer the more logical investment sales and, and commercial real estate transactions. And they're more, they tend to be very involved sometimes and you need, you need creativity and, and skills to, to really add value. So uh, I just like to like do that, help clients make money save money and uh, build well. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and to give you some context as well, like I came into the brokerage business about two and a half years ago, I came from a engineering background. And when I was looking at, you know, the different options out there, as far as, you know, what, what areas can I focus on and whether I want to go residential or commercial, uh, I, I realized that having talked to a lot of residential agents and commercial agents, I kind of aligned more so on the commercial end because of that, you know, it was more logical. It seemed like you were dealing in a variety of different ways. And it seems, I, I, and correct me if I'm wrong with your guys' brokerage too, you guys get to work on a variety of different deals. Obviously you may have silos of people who work on office versus retail or multifamily. Do you, do you guys do a little bit more, a little bit of everything as well? Yeah, that's right. So we like uh, I lead a team that sells office buildings and that's what we focus on. And we have a retail team, senior housing, multifamily, land and developer, single tenant, net lease, uh, industrial, um, probably leaving out some. But yeah, our, our brokers and teams tend to be very focused in one sector and service. Uh, we have office tenant rep, um, medical tenant rep, um, so that, uh, you know, there's more efficiency in their practice. And also more value for the clients. Um, so yeah, that's, we do various property types here at Bull Realty. That's awesome. Yeah, no. And, and, and you get to know as, as you start getting in the business and learning about the different property types, you start realizing the nuances that are there because, you know, someone who operates strictly in the medical office market is going to have, you know, a completely different understanding of something than someone who operates a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there. I mean, I've, we've had a chance to interview people from all across the nation and, you know, you start realizing the different nuances that are that are that are there, depending on the property type, and then also, you know, market specific. So, you know, Atlanta is going to be a lot different market than what we're currently located in in Louisville, Kentucky, right? So it's it's just there's there's different dynamics at play that that people uh, should consider for sure. Yeah. So one of the things I like to ask you is pertaining to when you first started Bull Realty, because there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast that are ambitious individuals and they want to eventually start something for themselves. And maybe they want to, 
you know, start a brokerage. And one of the things that, you know, anytime you start something new, there's going to be struggles involved with that process. So I was kind of curious if you could share maybe some of the early struggles you had to, you, you faced as you start to scale your operations and how you were able to overcome them. Yeah. Well, I, I started it because I felt like I had to, I'd been in business for, I don't know, 12 years or so. And I'd built a, a big practice and, um, and I was, I started a small shop and my broker did something that uh, my biggest client uh, was furious about uh, and said, if I didn't leave that firm, he would never work with me again. And that they probably shouldn't be there for reputation reasons. So I kind of left quickly and went to, to Remax. And uh, I told the guy, Mike, Mike Glass at Remax, I'll only be for a little while to decide what commercial firm I'm going to. Um, I was temporarily there for 12 years, <laughs> my own office, my own staff. And, and grew a really big practice. But uh, in, in the Southeast and in, in Atlanta, uh, in the Southeast US, Remax isn't known for commercial and the, the name was hurting me and I was it was being used against me on the bigger assignments or, of winning those. So um, now so my expenses as an independent broker uh, at, a, at a shop that that is, you know, pay all your own expenses, keep 100%. There was no economies of scale. So my expenses were running 60%. And I realized the worst split I'd ever get at a big commercial real estate company is 50%. So uh, I realized that because of the name and the expenses, I, I needed to work. I started accepting interviews. Um, and you know, some of my friends at the big shops are, are great. I love them. Uh, but there's some folks at some of those shops who don't do things the way I think I'd want them done if I was the client. So I felt like I had to start my own company because I wanted two things to be known. I wanted to be known for integrity. And then anyone that uses our name is very high integrity in everything that they do. And then number two, I'd be known for the best disposition marketing in the country. So I felt like I had to start my own company. I did not want to run a company uh, because it's not as fun as doing deals. And so I did it and I started it and then uh, didn't let agents join at first. I just had, I had four assistants, had a huge market share. Uh, and then finally, I just had so much pressure to do other property types and stuff that I started letting some guys in. Then I realized what if I had about 15 brokers, um, when I got there, then I had some real power. I had some economies of scale and I could have all the tools and resources um, that my friends at the big shops had. Um, and so when we got there, we started getting a little more power. Uh, and then, you know, I think uh, really, I think the only uh, pains of, of, of running a company is really just or do you really want to run a company? You know, if you're an independent agent, um, you really all you have your own company uh, and you don't have to worry about other agents and, and a lot of employees. And, you know, there, there's not as much to worry about. So my my agents and I think all the agents around the country that are 1099 commission only, they have their own business. And so it's it, that's the beauty of it. with no employees they have unlimited income potential um, and. It's, it's something no one can ever take away from them. No merger, no, no anything can can stop their business or slow it down. So um, I think the, the 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 difficulty is: Do you really want to run a business and have agents and and have and if you and if it's just you and a few people, then there's no economies of scale. It it's, it just doesn't work well. So I think if you're going to start a company, you you should have some really huge aspirations and you should be somebody that loves to manage and, and run a company uh, and not just be a great salesperson that's done well selling commercial real estate. Absolutely. No. And, and you met, you alluded to that being a great manager as well. And, and did, was that an evolution for you as well? Because you already had some experience doing that on the leasing end when you had employees and 
that sort of thing. Did you kind of leverage the, that experience to kind of now, you know, start managing brokers? And I'd, I'd imagine managing brokers probably is a little bit different than the property management front. But if you could speak to that a little bit, I think that'd be great. Yeah, I think I'm a good sales uh, coach and a good a coach guy, but I'm not a good sales manager. I don't check on my agents and say, hey, how many calls have you made today? They're, they're grown men and women. And if they don't, if they're not motivated to do what they're supposed to do, then shame on them. Uh, but so, and I'm not the great greatest manager. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not not really understanding of the employee mentality that well. So the best thing I did, uh, it was really have a really good manager. So I had really good staff and a really good manager who manages the business and the, and the, uh, the counting and the, and the staff and, and employees and all of that. And um, so I rely on people who are a lot better at managing and running a business than me. I'm really a good sales guy when it comes to, you know, getting involved in, in transactions, you know, I've done about 6 billion in transactions. So I've seen a lot. Um, so, you know, I'm like that insurance uh, commercial uh, where they, they say they've seen a lot. I'm sure I'll see some new stuff, but I've seen a lot. So I'm good at helping agents build business and build a career, uh, help them win assignments and close assignments. Uh, and uh, so I guess to answer your question, I've learned is have a, have a really good manager if you know that's not a strong suit for you. So that's what I've done. Yeah, no, and, and it alludes to kind of a commercial real estate term, like your highest and best use. Like what is your most valuable skill set, and how can you leverage that and then find someone else to, you know, do the things that you're just not very good at. And sometimes it's hard, especially when you're first starting out, because it's really hard to relinquish control. And this is something that, you know, any, you know, high performing individual is, it, it, they have a hard problem with is they just don't, they don't know how to relinquish control because they like to be in control of things to be able to make sure that things are done the way they need to be done. But then there is something to be said about being able to bring the right people in and then giving them the ability to work and do what they need to do in order to make your organization a success. So um, I agree. That's some great insights for sure. So one of the things I wanted to ask is obviously we're kind of in a unique time. Hopefully we're near the tail, tail end of COVID. I mean, we've been talking about this for two years now. I think it's getting very, very repetitive, but you know, it definitely is, is something that has impacted the commercial real estate industry and probably will impact it going forward. In particular, when you're talking about supply chain issues, you know, interest rates are starting to tick up now that the Fed has been you know, uh, you know, trying to control inflation, like how, how have you seen, or what are some of the challenges that you guys have experienced as a result of the, what's been happening over the last, you know, six to 12 months? And then what have you guys been doing to try to manage that going forward? Yeah, I think in the last six to 12 months, uh, you know, we've seen things open up a good bit more. Uh, more of our clients are uh, working in the office. I think, you know, that was part of the struggle as you're dealing with you know, attorneys and lenders and banks and people trying to work from home and the inefficiencies there were just really frustrating because uh, we were very active uh, through the last couple of years, three years. We've been, you know, last year we closed a billion in sales and my team closed 390 million of that um, alone. So, you know, if the frustration was probably more just the inefficiencies when you're dealing with parties who are trying to work from home and, and all of that. What we're seeing today, I guess, is we're starting from the interest rate increases, we're starting to see uh, buyers underwriting differently uh, than they have been. And it's and really in the last three to four weeks, it's been uh, really changing quickly. So, um, you know, not so much yet in multifamily and industrial, that market is so hot. There's so many buyers that those buyers, some of those buyers are unjusting underwriting, but they're not winning the deals. <laughs> so, 
I, I expect to see uh, that changing soon, but but not yet. But we are seeing it in retail office um, where the, the buyers are having to adjust their underwriting and, and sellers having to you know, be braced for a, a bit of a valuation change. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and I couldn't agree more. And I, and I'm a, I'm local here to Louisville and, and operate in a boutique brokerage. And so I've, I've done a little bit in, in a lot of variety of different ways. And, you know, I've listed a couple multifamily properties as of late and those go, just fly off the shelf. And there's really nothing, you know, they, that, that you need to do really. It's literally just saying, hey, this is what we're going to market at. And if it's in a reasonable range, there's plenty of buyers out there that are willing to take it on. Uh, but on the retail front, I had a shopping center that I've been working on for a while now. And, you know, interest rates have been starting to tick up and it's been kind of hectic on that on that front to be able to get, uh, you know, the, the right person to be able to purchase it. So it's one of those things where it's it is ever evolving. And hopefully now that things have started to taper off as far as the, 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 the cases of COVID are concerned, we'll start to normalize a bit. But the financial markets are still kind of hesitant. I'm trying to I'm interested to see how it's going to play out over the next 12 months or so. So, yeah, and there's got to be some. Uh increases in, in cap rates uh, on office and retail. I think, you know, when you look at the end of the first quarter results, the, the they weren't really illustrated yet. But I think at the end of the second quarter results, which we'll see soon, you'll see some increases in cap rates. Oh, for sure. No, I couldn't agree more. So one thing that I've been wanting to talk to you about for a while now that we've had this on the calendar for quite some time is is your 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 experience starting America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Uh, like I said, when I first got started, you know, I was listening to your show pretty much every single day. I was I was listening to all the different podcast episodes you were providing, and you do a phenomenal job of bringing in experts from across the country to be able to share insights from a variety of different sort of markets and in different property types and all the things that are happening within the commercial real estate world. So, you know, what was the impetus to start that, and then how has that process been over the last couple of years, or now over twelve years? I think you you mentioned uh, in keeping it going. Yeah, well, uh, I. I think that brokerage in my mind is is a half marketing and it's half consulting, right? We're marketing our services and we're marketing our properties for sale or for lease for our clients. And then, then the consulting part. And that when I first started the show, it was on one radio station in Atlanta and it was a, it was a marketing idea, right? It's to, to get out there and get, get our name and our company name. We were more uh, local than we are now. We're still local, but we do things in a, in a broad, broader way at this point. But uh, so it was a marketing thing, and um, we did it on one radio station. It was, and I got a little lucky, uh, Raphael. I was going to do a call-in show where I, I'd walk in there at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. People could call me. I'd have my uh, one of my research guys there with, with all of our systems, so I could look up things and and answer questions. And then they called me about a month before the show started and said, hey, we're building new studios at Salem Media. You're going to have to record the show. And I'm like, oh, no, that means I can't wing it. I'm going to have to you know, produce a show, basically. Um, and if I'd have known that up front, I'm, I may not have done it. But I did it. My first show was in October of 2010. Think of that year. We had the 0809 debacle, right? Um, and we did a show on commercial loan workouts. And I had two or three of the biggest experts on it. And I had done a lot of work and loan workouts. And, and, and when I finished that show and I walked out in the parking lot, it hit me that this show is, is extremely valuable to the commercial real estate industry around the country. And that's when it hit me, this show could be pretty big. Um, it, it started growing, it grew to 60 radio stations around the country. We taped the first absolute show as a podcast as well. 
um, when people, what, what are podcasts back then? Um, so we did it as a podcast, but we're on, we were on radio stations. Then I think it was four or five years ago, we kind of started dropping the radio stations because you have hard stops and, you know, strict timelines and clocks. So, um, and just went really more digital uh, with the podcast sites and, and the YouTube stuff. So um, I think the biggest uh, struggle was in the first three years or so, four years maybe, because especially in the beginning, you know how much work this is. And it was a lot of work. And, and we felt like we had to really do very, very high quality shows because of the reputation of the firm. And, uh, and the, the amount of work for the small audience was pretty frustrating and, and to do that every week. And, and, and I think if I'd have known all that, how long the audience takes to grow and how much work it was, I would have never done it. And, 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 it, and at that point I kind of, well, I'm in it, I'm doing it. Well, you know, fast forward 12 years, we have a huge audience. It's a lot easier to do. We have a basically new station type studio with three cameras and a professional producer and I, and it's in my office. So studio one's in my office. I walk in there 15, 20 minutes to do a show. I walk back out um, and, and every lots and lots of people want to be on the show. So it's really easy to get gassed. And, and, and I've been doing it long enough that I know what the audience wants to hear and wants to know about it because I have brokers in all property types. I get good experience and firsthand knowledge in, in every sector, whether it's hotel, we have a hotel division, whether it's hotel or whatever it is. Um, so I have the ability to ask the right questions um, and, and to kind of anticipate what the audience may want to know with the different guests. So it's a lot easier now, uh, but you know, I, if I was just a broker, an agent, um, I, 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 I wouldn't recommend, I wouldn't have done it. I did it thinking, well, I'm doing it for 50 people, uh, 50 you know, brokers, uh, so it should be worthwhile. Uh, but uh, so I think that that was the biggest struggle. Just, I mean, I would spend, I think in the first two or three years, I spent every Monday night and every Tuesday night from dinner to midnight on preparing and doing the show and and then then actually going to record the show during the day and setting up the guest and you know it was just a tremendous amount of work uh, which now has really slowed down now I have people that do the do, produce the show and then other people who who arrange the guests and or organize them I pick them and then and then people who do the social media and all that stuff so it doesn't take as much of my time now so now I'm glad I did it <laughs> Absolutely. And, and you mentioned those early struggles. I mean, anything worthwhile in life, in my opinion, takes, you know, a little bit of effort early on and it's going to, and it takes a while to build. There's this book that I read called the compound effect that I refer to every single person that I ever come in contact with when they talk about trying to achieve some level of success in their life. And it, the premise of the book is small, positive, consistent action over time adds to massive results. And, you know, the, when your case, you know, you start off with one episode, then the next week it's a following and the following, and you don't see a significant amount of uptick in your audience. And then over time, you know, it starts to increase slowly, slowly. And then it all of a sudden becomes a lot more exponential at that point. And again, it took years and a lot of effort. It's like moving a locomotive train. Uh, I imagine, right. It's going to take you a while to get pushing and going and going and going. And then finally, you know, once you let it go, it's, it's, it's running and it can run through a brick wall. And, you know, there's similar struggles we faced when we first started the podcast. We've been around for about a year now. Um, and, you know, before it was all me pretty much and my, my co-host uh, as well, Jeff Walston. And we were just trying to, you know, put everything together, edit, 
all the things that you need to do in order to make sure the production works well, we were doing all that in-house. And now we've gotten to a point where we've written out the processes, we, we created YouTube instructional videos, and now we have a virtual assistant who helps us out with the process as well. So a lot of it's way more streamlined now. So I can reach out to people all across the country. And this is one of the benefits of Zoom and all these other uh, virtual platforms is now you can just reach out to people from across the country. We have the honor of being able to talk to you. I mean, I would never have been able to because, I mean, I've never physically been to Atlanta, but you're in Atlanta, I'm in, in Louisville, and now we're able to have a great conversation about commercial real estate. So, you know, I, 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 I love what you've done, obviously, and you're been, you've been the model definitely for this show. Um, and, and hopefully more and more information gets out there. Uh, because I think it's a, the commercial real estate industry is a phenomenal industry. And I think more and more people that spread their message and, and, and share their insights is, is going to be a value to the industry. So, yeah, I, I agree. And, and I'm glad you're doing it. And I think, you know, this is an industry that changes so fast and, and so often. And, and, and like you said, it can be geographically very different. And I think when, when people are doing these shows, when they think about why they're doing it, and who their customers and clients and audience is, you know, they could be very valuable. Uh, like I've been on some shows that were very local to their market and, and the shows are very valuable to the people in their market. And they do a show that's valuable to those people. And I think, you know, everybody appreciates that and it works well for, you know, for those. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So uh, one thing I obviously wanted to ask you is, you know, now that you have 2020 hindsight, right? You've had an illustrious career in commercial real estate. You've had a lot of success when it, as it pertains to your show and, you know, the, the sky's the limit even going forward. What advice would you give to your younger self? So let's say that you, you know, you're just about to get into commercial brokerage and you're, you know, bright eyed, bushy tailed, and you're, you're excited about uh, taking the, the leap of faith into what you're doing currently. What advice would you give uh, to that individual? You know, I think on the brokerage side uh, of being an agent, uh, I think one of the biggest things that helped me was when I saw that commercial real estate salesperson and I saw sales in the title. And, and at that point, when I was pretty young and, and I hadn't met a salesperson that I was, I respected. I mean, really all the salespeople I had met were jerks. So I was like, I don't want to become a jerk, you know? So I studied sales like crazy. And you know, uh, I think that was very beneficial and probably the only reason I made it because I studied sales and, and, and the related things, you know, motivation, time management, uh, negotiation. And I studied that just like I was studying for exams and I did it for years and years. And, and I think that's what really helped me uh, build, build a strong practice as an agent and um, study a lot about entrepreneurism. I love uh, Michael Gerber's uh, book, The E-Myth, called now The E-Myth Revisited. You know, and uh, I think just training a lot was a, a big thing. And, and I, I've now helped a lot of brokers um, uh, personally, uh, you know, for the last 24 years. And uh, I've seen from, from really, I've got brokers who net over a million dollars a year here. And I've got agents that are new and, and have some that sometimes don't make it and everything in between. And when I look at the differences, it really comes, a lot of it comes down to the sales training and expertise. You know, are they used to being an entrepreneur? Have they studied it? Uh, have, have they been in sales before? Do they study it? Um, because, you know, we sell and negotiate every minute of every day in, in market. So uh, I think it's that, training of sales that really helps me that that really helped me and, and as you mentioned before I'm continuing to train in sales I did the 
stand-up comedy class and did stand-up comedy and public speaking. And I've taken training on hosting television shows and public speaking. And, you know, I think if we, if we always continue to train and realize that we can get better, I know I can get better than I am today. And I think if you have that attitude and, and you're doing something about it, you're going to be successful. That's couldn't, couldn't agree more. That's phenomenal advice. And, and it kind of leads back to the, the idea that, you know, you, you, you can't eat an elephant in one bite. If you look at someone who's been, and this is something I did a lot early in my career is I'd look at someone like that was someone that I wanted to emulate and, and, and was extremely successful. And I'd say, there's no way I could ever achieve what they've achieved. Like, look how much of a difference there is, but you don't realize that there's steps along the way to get there. And sometimes our time horizon is, is all jacked up as far as our mind's concerned, because we live in a, a society, at least today, where it's, it's almost immediate gratification. It's like we want to be there yesterday. But in reality, in order for you to achieve any type of success in your life, you're going to need to have incremental growth over time. And so that's why, you know, what you said, mindset of saying, OK, I'm going to continually learn every single day and try to improve on every a little bit every day. It doesn't have to be a significant amount. Who is it? Who is it that said that? I think was it one percent a day adds or one percent a week adds up to 52 percent a year. And then you continue to compound on top of that. And by by 10 years, you've 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 quadrupled or quintupled whatever you've been able to produce when you first started out. So yeah, um, couldn't agree more. So first off, Michael, we just greatly want to thank you for your time today. It's been, it's been an honor to be able to talk to you and learn a little bit more about your story and your background. Uh, one, of the, one of the things we like to do at the end of the podcast episodes, we have a few questions we like to ask our guests. Uh, one of the most important is actually, what is the most impactful book you've ever read? We've, a lot of our audience members love reading. I'm a big, I'm a big reader as well. And, you know, I always like to hear about the insights that, uh, you know, our guests have pertaining to books, because I usually have a, I have a list of different books that people have shared with us on the podcast. So I'd, I'd love to be able to maybe read one that you found extremely valuable as well. Yeah. Well, as far as running a, a business and that, like I said, as an agent, I think you are running a business, even if you're just an agent at a firm, um, the E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber, I really enjoyed that. And, and you know, it's something you can read again and again because the the, the things he teaches you in there and stresses is, is, is so important. And then uh, on the sales and negotiation side, I like uh, hard sell, soft, hard selling, no, soft selling in a hard world, soft selling in a hard world. Uh, I thought that, uh, and, and I, I think you want to read all the sales and negotiation books you can in our business. I mean, that's what we do. So, um, but that one kind of hit home is, is, is me personally, because, you know, you, we're not hard selling anything. We're not, you know, we're not trying to push anything in any way that we don't think is perfect or great for them. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, the most frustrating thing I think in, in our business for me is when I have really good advice for a client or a customer and I can't get them to take it. And I'm like, all right. So I blame myself for that. What did I not do in asking questions or, or setting this up properly or what do I not know about the prospect or their goals? What, what am I missing? And, and, I, and I take, I take it as, as my fault. Um, so I think uh, the, a sales book, all the sales books should be something if you're in, in, in commercial real estate you know, on the brokerage side uh, that can benefit you. And, and then I tell folks, hey, go get the top 10 sales books of all time, not real estate sales, not um, the last you know, top sales books this year of all time. Because it, in reality, it hasn't changed that much. Oh my gosh, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, no, and and I, I there's a few books that you mentioned in there that I'm going to probably put on my list as well because I haven't had a chance to read them. And 
Yeah, no. And then, like you said, the sales process may have may change from industry to industry, but we're still people and we're dealing with people on a day to day basis. So if you learn the psychology of someone and how you're able to help them ultimately achieve their goal, because that's what you really ultimately want to do. The hard sell piece, like you mentioned, is 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 not not may not benefit the client uh, ultimately. So. Yeah. And if you're thinking about the client, you know, you'll you'll do the right things. And if you treat everyone the way you'd want to be treated in a transaction, um, then you'll build your, your career. And that's one of the things I like to tell my, my brokers is, look, I don't care who it is in a transaction, an agent on the other side, the lender, the attorney, if you treat everyone the way you want to be treated as far as communication and information um, and, and respect, um, then at the end of the deal, everyone's saying, you know what, uh, Michael Bull was great to work with. I would work with him again, and I'd like to do that. You're going to build your build your business. I've got people we do business with. We just closed a little office deal that was eight million with a client that he, we went to to dinner the other night, and he said, "Michael, you know, we did our first deal thirty years ago, don't you?" I'm like, "Oh wow, has it been that long?" Uh, That's amazing. Well, it just goes. It's a testament to your guys's, uh, you know, integrity and and your commitment to to making sure that your clients' needs are met over a period of time. Because people weren't wouldn't stick around for thirty years if they didn't trust and and know that you guys were going to take care of them well. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah, and they may drift uh, away at times of time and and, and yeah. deal with other brokers, and that's fine. And uh, uh, in in that building, they bought from someone else and had someone else manage it and leasing it, ended up having a building 50% occupied in the bank about to foreclose. Um, and when they called me and Michael, I know you're good. I, I'm sorry, I went away, I'm coming back. Uh, well, we completely filled up the building, changed the name of it, went, got it 100% occupied, adjusted the leases to, to be separate base and cam and renamed it and, and, uh, and, and, and sold it for them. And so instead of being foreclosed and sued by the bank, um, they, they made some money and, and they're pretty excited and that's what you want to do. You want to help people make money and do well. That's absolutely true. Great advice, Mike. So one thing we like to ask near the end of the podcast episode is, uh, what are you willing to contribute to what we call the commercial real estate treasure chest? Essentially, this is a repository of resources that we make available to our audience. And, you know, we've had guests contribute helpful PDFs, Excel sheets, uh, you know, links to videos, whatever you think is going to be helpful to the audience as a whole. And so I wanted to give you the opportunity. What are you willing to contribute today? Yeah, well, um, maybe for, for your different guests, maybe for agents, I could give a gift. And then for principals, investors, I could give one. Um, and for principals, investors, I, I could just send you an, an article or two that I've written. Uh, I just just written one that's, that's a CPA uh, the Georgia CPA folks are putting out on the market and my forecast. Uh, and then for uh, agents, um, why don't I just give you a, give them a huge discount uh, to our training and, 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 and provide a promo code. Um, what's a promo code that they, they know it's from you. Um, <laughs> well, we, and we could, we, we, what we typically do on the commercial real estate treasure chest. So if it, those of you guys who are listening, essentially it's a page on our, on our, our, our uh, website where, we, where we, we put the podcast thumbnail and then below it, we have a link that, that gives you access to all these different things. So what we'll, we'll probably go ahead and do is uh, Mike off, offline, Michael will share the, the promo code and I'll make sure once you click that link, it'll actually provide you with uh, a link to their site so, they could, so you could access that. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll do a big discount. We'll just do 25% for your folks. That's um, awesome. Uh, off commercialagentsuccess.com and they're 21 hour, 21 one hour videos. And we've never had anyone 
to, to license one of them. They're online in the cloud where they didn't come back and want more and, and come back and sometimes get the entire 21 package. So we'll put it, give you a huge discount uh, in a promo code. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and, and for those of you guys, as, as Michael mentioned, he's been involved in $6 billion of transactions. So, you know, you guys know that he has a lot of value to provide. If you guys are, are, in, are in the business currently or are interested in getting in the business, I would highly encourage you guys to, to take advantage of that offer because I think it's going to be phenomenal. Well, great. Well, Michael, again, we greatly appreciate your time. We know how busy you are today. So one thing I wanted to ask you is if someone wanted to learn more about, you know, your show, you know, had, had questions about, you know, your, your brokerage or, or want to just do business in, in some capacity, what's the best way to reach you? You know, I'm one of those folks that think websites should have phone numbers and emails on them easily to find. So, the, uh, so probably the easiest way to me provide is give you the websites for Bull Realty, Southeast Commercial Real Estate Brokerage Services in the Southeast U.S. It's bullrealty.com. Uh, for the show, um, it's cre-show.com for commercial real estate, series-show.com. And then for the agent training, it's commercialagentsuccess.com. And my phone numbers and emails and everything and, and social media accounts are all there. That's phenomenal. And, and, and what we'll go ahead and do, since we do record this on YouTube and uh, in our podcast format, we'll go ahead and include all those links that, that Michael mentioned in the, in the show notes below. So if you guys are watching this on YouTube, it'll be in the description. If you guys are listening to this in Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever medium that you are listening to, it'll also be in the description as well. So again, Michael, thank you so much for your time. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, we would greatly appreciate it if you can like and subscribe. It really helps with the YouTube algorithm, ensures more and more people can hear this message. If you guys are listening to this in a podcast format, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Regardless of what the podcast format you're actually listening to, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. We've seen a significant uptick in our downloads as a result of you guys actually leaving five-star reviews. So we would greatly appreciate if you could do so as well. So thanks again so much for tuning in and we'll see you all next time.